Will your next doctor visit save your life? This is Retirement Revealed, where Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you towards making smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into retirement income. And today we're talking with Dr. Brian Beaumont about which health tests you need in your 40s, 50s, and 60s to have a healthy retirement. Dr. Beaumont, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeremy. Good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, why don't you just tell us all right now, what is the one medical test we all need that will solve all of our problems? Yeah, I'm not sure I can give you that. It's probably more of a lifestyle approach, which we can definitely get into. But there are some tests that you definitely should be getting um, in kind of each of the later decades of our lives to keep ourselves healthy. But more of a lifestyle, if you really want the general answer there. Yep, I suppose. And uh, thank you for saying later decades. I'm in my 40s. And now I know for <laughs> sure it's uh, part of the later decades uh, on there. But let's start there. Let's start in the, the 40s. Oh, actually, uh, before we start there, who, who's coming up with all these? What, who, how, how do these recommendations even, even come about? Yep, great question. So there are multiple areas where they come out from. I would say each subspecialty will have their own recommendations, probably relating to their um, their course of practice. You know, um, urology will have recommendations, um, cardiology will have recommendations. But what I like to use, um, aside from those individuals, is there's something called the United States Preventative Task Force. And so they have a collection of doctors from all subspecialties kind of looking at the research and uh, making a... Um, recommendations on what you should be screening for uh, in each decade of life. And what's great about it is that they, they do reevaluate and does change um, over time. So you'll see each recommendation kind of adjusting, um, which we'll kind of go over today because a few have adjusted more recently. Yeah, that's what uh, prompted this is I uh, was reading the Wall Street Journal like I do every morning. And I read this article a few months back and thought, I got to reach out to you to see uh, your thoughts. But the whole article We'll link to the article. We'll link to the Preventative Services Task Force, all their recommendations. But the article is basically saying a lot of what you thought certain ages would be, if you thought you should take something, some sort of health screening at a certain age, well, maybe it's actually earlier uh, now. And so that's where the article started. So let's let's start there in the, the 40s. Now it's a, a later decade of my, my life. Let's start with the 40s. I'm going to go through what the article talked about. Let me know if I'm wrong. Maybe the Wall Street Journal is, is wrong and, and perhaps what we, we missed. So they sure. mentioned uh, cholesterol screening, mammograms, uh, eye disease screening. And I'll save the last one here where we, it used to be in the fifties, but now it's uh, now it's in the forties, which is the, uh, the colonoscopy, the, uh, the colon cancer check. Tell, tell me why should we be looking at those in the, in the forties? Yeah, let me, yeah, I'll go through a couple of those that I've actually adjusted recently, but the colon cancer is a really good one. So it used to be age 50. Um, and there are some caveats to all of these items. So what we're talking about today is kind of the general healthy, not at risk population. So uh, definitely see a, a doctor and, 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 Give them your health information, which may change some of these recommendations. But let's start with colon cancer screening. It used to be age 50, uh, but what we're seeing, unfortunately, is colon cancer developing in younger people. And so now what we found is that we should be screening at age 45 to start catching cancer sooner um, to help improve outcomes uh, on the other side, um, which is interesting because the question is, well, why are we seeing cancer younger ages? And I think that's where, as a, as a population, uh, we let's start looking at um, how we educate ourselves around our health, you know, um, how we're eating, how we're living, how we're taking care of our bodies, where we're seeing in instances of cancer being uh, being developed sooner. So colonoscopy is one that's changed from 50 to 45. 
The other one in there too, the mammogram, used to be age 50 as well, but this, um, the United States Preventive Task Force last year in May actually reevaluated this process and has decided that at age 40 yearly would be the appropriate kind of screening guidelines for that for, for, for normal, not at-risk people. Yeah, it's interesting too with the colon cancer where I, I know someone who was right around the age of 30 died from colon cancer. And I'm not saying that it was, you know, her health situation, it's just the bad uh, percentages got to her that were just percentages are happening to all of us. And and she was on the, the bad side of that. And yeah. I'm thinking, you know, 30 is even far away from 45. But I've, I know someone who uh, his wife went in. Uh, exactly at 50. She turns 50. She goes in to do exactly what she's supposed to do, gets a check. And, and by then it's, it's really bad uh, yeah. colon cancer. And so imagine if uh, she, she follow what you're supposed to do. So now they're saying, uh, keep following it, but now it's five years earlier at age 45. Yeah. And I think you make a good point there too, because we're, we are starting with age 40 here, but in general, I mean, establishing a care with a primary care provider, um, much earlier is probably a good thing to do because as we said, these guidelines do change, could be even younger. And it's not a bad idea to have a, an idea and a pulse on your health, even starting much earlier than 40. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for sure. Although uh, I think a lot of reason we're, we're doing it in the decades now is you, you get to certain ages or you get to just a, a big number that ends in a zero or a five. And uh, that's a kickstart, just like the new year sometimes is a, is a kickstart. So uh, yep. if you aren't there yet, use that, that, that next birthday, use your, your next big, uh, big age, that you get yep. to as a, as a kickstart to get into uh, into improving your health. Yeah, I do see that a lot. People coming in, yeah, just turned 40, you know, so just turned 30, whatever. So, yep, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, you get to your, your 50s, and now we're talking osteoporosis, uh, lung cancer screening, and um, it's an interesting one too. Uh, we'll, we'll maybe talk a little bit more of that. The article says prostate cancer is all over the map. And so let's talk about the, uh, I guess, the easy ones, osteoporosis and, and lung cancer, and, and maybe any other ones that, that you ought to be looking at in your 50s. Yeah, osteoporosis, I would say, depending on risk, could be even a little bit later, actually could almost be bumped back to your 60s. So that one too, I would probably talk to your healthcare provider about where you'd want to start, if it's 50s or it could be in your 60s. I'll just touch on lung cancer screening real quick too. So if you do have a smoking history, um, and when we say smoking history, we're looking at about a 20 pack year history. So a pack a day for 20 years, two packs for 10 years. So it's just a math equation. Uh, at age 50, we would start doing uh, yearly low dose CT scans to monitor for uh, development of lung cancer. And then, yeah, prostate cancer is a tricky one. Um, U.S. Preventive Task Force does say age 50. Um, I sometimes go earlier, maybe in the 40s. A lot of my physical questions are looking for reasons to start sooner, um, looking for nighttime urination, change in urinary experience, frequency, weaker stream. And then I would do a prostate-specific um, antigen blood test. And that's important because the that number can increase over time. That's a normal process uh, for the male prostate. And so once we start taking it, it's that year over year trend that we're watching. And then there's certain cutoffs that I have there. I would have you see a urologist for further workup. Yeah, that's interesting too. So how do you, how do you even check for that? Like, what are you even, what are they looking for? Yeah. Um, it's just, it's molecules that are given off by the prostate that they're checking in your blood. And so as the male prostate over time does get bigger, you can see an increase in those, in that byproduct in the bloodstream that can be measured. And so that's what they're looking for. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And the article said, start talking at 50 or, you know, just start talking to your doctor anyways. It's, um, that's probably good advice. Uh, I was driving into Milwaukee a few years back, heading right into downtown. And I saw a billboard that has been my favorite billboard of all time. And I don't know exactly, uh, you know, I can't quote it word for word, but it said basically every year, thousands of men die from stubbornness. 
go ch- schedule your annual doctor visit. And so <laughs> is that just a guy thing? Like what are, what, what's going on here where, where people in general maybe aren't going to the doctor and talking to them uh, as often as they should? It could be. I mean, you, you can possibly generalize in that way, but I think just different people have different levels of comfort discussing their health. Um, you know, it can be scary. You know, if you, you know, ignorance can be bliss. If you don't know, um, then there's nothing to worry about. Uh, but I think that's a tough part where we have increasing sophistication around our imaging, around our blood tests to give us a lot more information. The problem is you have to do something with that information. And not everything that is a spot is a bad thing, but a spot can be concerning until you work it through. And then that can be more tests, that can be invasive procedures. So it's a balancing act. And I think some people just have different levels of comfort, but I think that's what the primary care provider is here for, is to help kind of create that bridge to comfort and education around your health and well-being. Yeah, that's, uh, that's exactly it. Uh, one thing I was interested in when I was looking at it, they were suggesting the Preventive Services Task Force, uh, they're suggesting some things basically all the time uh, once you're an adult, which is uh, depression, anxiety, unhealthy alcohol use, um, that that's now explaining a lot of the questions I get that I think, what are you talking about? But there, you know, once a year you go to a doctor, even, uh, even now I go to the the dentist and they're asking some of these, these questions. So clearly it's, it's the providers are, are trying to just find somebody or find something that might indicate they need to uh, refer to different, uh, you know, different specialties. Yeah, that's a good point too, because I think a lot of these things like anxiety, depression, uh, we'll be screening even in the teens on some of these things. And, and you know, we can get caught up in life and you maybe don't always realize how your mood is changing and how that could be affecting your life. So again, those regular checkups with a provider can be helpful. Just kind of monitor those changes, talk about how things are going and maybe like, ah, you know what? You're right. I am feeling a little different or that is that has changed. Um, that does require further investigation. So. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, things changing, a recommendation that I saw was when you start to get to your 60s, I think uh, 65 they mentioned was was cognitive testing, where uh, perhaps every year you start getting some some cognitive testing, which uh, seems to me, I don't know, early. Like, why would you why would you need to go through some sort of cognitive test if, if I mean, 65 is young? What do we? You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, like a lot of these are just based on maybe research that's been done in the past. And that's where we're currently mm-hmm. at, um, where we see enough of a change that it's worth engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Medicare, once you turn 65 and get on the Medicare plan, if that's what you choose to do, um, then you start doing uh, the kind of the, the mini, mini cog, mini mental, mental exams to kind of monitor development of dementia. Yeah. Good. It's interesting too, looking at the... Uh, what health screenings to take in your 60s. And, and really the article is, what do you start doing? Well, there were some that, to take in your 40s, some to do in your 50s. It's not like you stop. You just keep on keep on stacking up and doing more. In the 60s, that was the only one I saw was to add the cognitive testing. It seemed like by the time you get to your 60s, you're, you're already or should already be doing all these different, different screenings. Yeah, the only one I would add in there um, is for men, if you've ever smoked... I mean, ever smoke could be one cigarette is that at age 65, you should at least have one screening of your um, abdominal aorta. So it's kind of one of the larger blood vessels to watch for an aneurysm, which is kind of an ex- like a weakening or expansion of the blood vessel, which can rupture if it's getting too large. So that's the one the one that I would add in the 60s as well. Yeah. And you're saying everyone and, and thinking of guys in their 60s, I, I can think of most guys by then have had uh, one cigar at right. a golf course or something. So that's right. virtually everybody. Everybody right. should go, much. go take a take a look there. Pretty okay. much. But yeah. what other uh, health screenings did I maybe forget to, to mention? 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's the one-offs. I have the list here. I mean, Hep C, that's a new one. It's a hepatitis C, is a liver infection. Uh, we can treat it now very well with medication. They want the general population screened one time. Uh, HIV screening could be important as well too. And a lot of things you kind of said, the drug, the alcohol, um, those are the big ones. Yeah, for sure. And of course, here we're talking about uh, health screenings, kind of catching things. I don't know if early is the right term, but maybe after some some issues have happened. What would you say uh, we should be doing to to make sure that the, we all get healthy healthy results here on the health screens? Yeah. Well, I'll kind of just go through. So when, during my physical exams, I have, I think, seven or eight questions that I ask every year to see how your life is trending. And, and for me, I feel like these questions have a a relatively healthy answer. Usually things are moving in a good way. So I kind of want to know what you're drinking for fluids. Really don't want you to be getting your calories, sugar, zero calorie sweeteners from fluids. If I could get everybody on water and black coffee, I'd be pretty happy. Uh, then I look at what you're eating. Um, are you getting vegetables, getting some fiber? How's your carb intake like? Eating home, eating out, uh, looking at exercise, You know, trying to get at least three times a week, what that looks like for you. Sleep, very important. How are you sleeping? Is it consistent? And then do you get up at night to urinate? That's where I'm kind of looking at some of those changes in urinary experience, maybe drinking too much fluids, maybe even diabetes creeping in. Uh, this one, bowel movements. I know it sounds weird, but you know, are you staying regular? Are you healthy in that regard? And then my last question, which which I enjoy asking, and I richly enjoy writing down my answers and then hiding them to see what your new answers are next year is, sure. what do you look forward to? What do you do for fun? And, and how do you de-stress? Um, and... and also, I can appreciate, I have a two-year-old uh, little girl now too, that life goes through different cycles. And right now things are busy. And so my workouts are diminished. And so even if the fun activities can be changing, maybe you get busy, maybe work's kind of picking up, but um, a lot of good conversation comes out of those questions. And I think if those are all addressed in a healthy way, usually health and vitality kind of follows along. Um, you know, I'd say in, in the US, we spend a lot of money on healthcare. And, and for that money and that investment, we don't get quite the same outputs uh, as other countries in the world. And so I'm really looking at how do we educate ourselves around the way we live, the way we eat, the way we think. I mean, body, mind, emotion, spirit all plays a large part in keeping ourselves healthy uh, into uh, hopefully what is uh, an enjoyable old age. It's Jeremy Kyle here, and I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. We broke down our 5-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com, use the number or spell it out, you'll get there either way. 5stepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening, and now for the rest of the show. Yeah, I just wrote down kind of uh, three words, eat, drink, move. What was yep. it like uh, eat, pray, love or something? Yeah. But yeah, eat, eat, drink, move, right? Yep. If you can do all three of those things in a healthy healthy manner, you're just giving yourself up uh, for success. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, success in a long run, I was just listening to some podcast uh, interviews that Charlie Munger uh, did Charlie Munger is a famous yeah. uh, investor, friend of and business partner of Warren Buffett, and of course just uh, died recently at, at 99. So that's a general question Warren and Charlie get is how do you live so long? And both of them basically say, I don't know, you know, I'm, that's not my expertise. But they also uh, both uh, say we kind of avoided the dumb stuff. Like uh, why do 
extra things that just give you extra probabilities of, of uh, not being healthy or, or not making it to the, the next stage. So that was, that was his advice is, a, yeah. is avoid the dumb stuff. And you're, you're saying uh, also be more proactive and, and uh, well, maybe eating the wrong things and drinking the wrong things could, could qualify as the uh, yep. not making the best choices. Yeah. It's interesting you say that though. Cause I, and I haven't looked into the, the, the statements from Warren Buffett, but I, I feel like he's notorious for either eating at McDonald's or like, I, I hope it's not daily, but maybe it is. Um, but I think yeah. that's another interesting point to, to, to make is that we all have different kind of health and medical journeys and life is unfortunately, as we know it, not fair. And so different people can get away with different lifestyles that may not impact them the same way it will for you. So, um, I guess what I'd say is don't look at your neighbor and see how they're living their life to see if you're doing it right. I would find out what works for you and what's right for your life and your body and then go from there. Um, because yeah, some people can get away with the things that others cannot. Yeah. What, what works for you sometimes, uh, you just don't have the experience to figure that out, which is why you have a, a doctor to, to go through and give some advice and, you know, you're seeing hundreds of people a year. I'm seeing hundreds of people a year. And in my profession, of course, I'm, I'm asking people about moving money from stocks to bonds. You're asking people about moving their bowels. So right. <laughs> a little, all important. Stuff, all important stuff, right? Um, yeah. But it's interesting uh, how you mentioned those questions that you're asking. I was just on a podcast, uh, Earn and Invest with uh, someone named Doc G. So I'll, I'll link to that. But he kept asking me, how do you find a good advisor? How do you find a good advisor? What do you do? And I kept um, giving him examples of the questions that I ask of clients and prospective clients. And that's what it, finally at the end, he drew his conclusion. Well, it seems like the, the way to find a good advisor is to find someone that asks the right questions. And I'm you, hearing you say that is, is making me believe that uh, that's the same advice on how do you find a good doctor and it's find the one that asks you uh, the good questions about, about what's going on. And, and I like that one. What are you, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, that's Yeah. I like that too, because I think also this is a personal relationship, you and your and your provider and you and your financial advisor. So sometimes you have to shop around to, to find someone that you resonate with and maybe ask the questions that you're looking for or opens your mind to some new ideas. Um, and, and if I can just touch a little bit about, you know, finances and how maybe your health plays into that, you know, I firmly believe the best way you can, you know, save, maintain, and have a nice, healthy financial retirement, be as healthy as you can physically. Chronic illness, medications cost money. And so, you know, the the more you can move to a healthy lifestyle, a very vital active lifestyle, that's only going to be a benefit financially for yourself into retirement and older age. Yeah, for sure. I, I appreciate the uh, the connection between health and, and financial. It seems like someone told me on a podcast recently, uh, she had said that when you are working, your job is your job when you retire, your job is your health. So yeah. hopefully you take care of that ahead of time. But if you haven't yet, now you've got a new job is take care of your, your health. Well, I like that too. Let me just expound on that a little bit because yeah. what I when I talk to my older patients, um, what's challenging is the thought around how much you have to put into maintaining your health as you get older. You know, you think about you're in your 20s, you go to the gym for maybe half an hour, three times a week, and you get these big biceps, you think you're actually working out. When you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, you have to put even more effort in to maintain your muscle mass, to maintain that health. So you're right. I like that. It's a great point. You know, when you're in retirement, your health is your job. And so that really is, has to be a strong focus. And you have to work even harder than you think possibly to maintain it. Yeah. So far, um, here's my, of course, you talk to more people about their health than I do, but here's my number one advice. Tell me if I should adjust this. But my number one advice for uh, retiring is go for a walk with someone. Like that's just... 
that's what you need to do. Get get some physical exercises. Be with uh, somebody you enjoy spending time with. I mean, that that right there might put you ahead of ninety percent of other people. What, what's your thought there? How, yeah, how no, I, that's good. Doing? You're doing well on that. Because I think we we look at um, some of the social determinants of health, and that connection or relationship is an important piece too. So, yeah, you're getting outside, you're moving, getting some fresh air, and you're having that social connection, which which also feeds the soul too. You know, we're social creatures, so being connected yeah. is important as well. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Oh, all right. I'm on the right track. Doctor Doctor good. says it. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, speaking of questions and uh, kind of retirement, how do you envision spending your retirement? Man, that's a really good question. So let me give you a little backstory. My, my father, also a family medicine physician, has been doing it for 50 years. Um, just now is he starting to cut back his hours. Um, so he he's worked well into retirement age, well into retirement age. And so when I look at him, I see that. And then I also have a two-year-old little girl that I'm loving as well, too. And so the question is, where do I want to put my time? Um, I think about it every day, Jeremy. I, I don't have the answer yet. You know, 65 is 62, you know, 70, all these full retirement ages for Social Security. Uh, we'll see where it takes me, where life takes me. Don't yeah, have an answer for sure. that one yet. I'm reading this uh, book right now. I might have it around me, but um, it's called Die With Zero. So the uh, the author there <laughs> might say, you should work part-time or not at all, maybe for the next uh, next 16 years, and then start working again. Maybe uh, maybe you should switch when your retirement starts and and work, uh, follow your, your dad's footsteps and, and work later on into life. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I like that. Yeah. Good. Well, what have I not asked you that, that perhaps I should have? Oh, boy. Um, well, you've covered a lot of great topics. I was thinking about, you know what, coming on today, how I wanted to kind of go around the block on this. And, and I think we've really touched on a lot of it. I think for me, it's, you know, there are some recommendations that our health system puts out for people, which is important. Um, I think I would like people to take on education around their health, their well-being, how they're eating, how they're drinking, how they're thinking in a different way. So we can bring um, health into our lives differently. You know, our health system does a really great job of keeping us going not always keeping us healthy and vital. I think that's a responsibility that we have to take on as, as human beings on this planet is how do we maintain our health and vitality. So medicine's here to support that process, but I think we have a responsibility to take that on differently moving forward. So I look forward to supporting people that are open to that journey and want to talk about it more. Yeah, right on. That's great. Well, uh, speaking of that, I've got one more question for you, Brian, but uh, before that, tell us what's the best way to reach out to you? Well, if you're, as a physician or just... Uh... Either way, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do practice in the, in the Milwaukee area. Um, so you can either look me up online. I'm, I'm open to new patients. So you can find me uh, just by searching for, you know, Dr. Brian Balmont. You should be able to find me pretty easily. Um, and if you have any communications or questions, I can be reached through that as well, too. Uh, my clinic is open, available, can take messages and, and move Wonderful. forward in that way as well. Appreciate that. And of course, if you'd like more ideas on how to avoid making big retirement mistakes, just go ahead right now, click that subscribe button. You'll get my my next episodes coming up here. All right, final question for you, Brian. Tell us something about yourself that few people know about. And remember, this podcast is rated clean. Yeah. Um, if you know about, I would say my travels to uh, Tibet. Uh, not many people know that I traveled to Tibet. So one story I love to share is uh, we went out for, this was a group of people, maybe 20, 30 of us went out to uh, Tibet. And we we're hiking up this mountain to a monastery. and monks were just could not believe how much hair I had on my arms. <laughs> um, so I was surrounded by a bunch of monks that were just uh, blown away by how much hair was on my arms. But 
No, it's just a wonderful journey into such a beautiful country and a beautiful people. And um, yeah, so yeah, my travels to Tibet were pretty special. That's fun. That's awesome. I'm glad you got to do that. And uh, apparently the uh, abominable snowman is real. If you're in the mountains of Tibet <laughs> and that's what you're known for. Might have saw me. There you go. That's yeah. awesome. Good. Well, thank, thanks so much, Sharon, for your wisdom. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Jeremy. Appreciate your time. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. And, and thank you for listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you'll feel better about your money and you'll make better money decisions. This was another great episode of the Retirement Revealed Podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to automatically get our latest episodes. If you liked our show and want even more, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love to hear from you. Please go to retirement-revealed.com to learn more and send us your questions and feedback. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners, Thrivent, or its affiliates. The guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by Thrivent Advisor Network. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal accounting or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have with your investment planning. Advisory persons of Thrivent provide advisory services under a doing business as name or may have their own legal business entities. However, advisory services are engaged exclusively through Thrivent Advisor Network LLC or registered investment advisor. Kyle Financial Partners and Thrivent Advisor Network LLC are not affiliated companies. Information in this message is for the intended recipients only. Please visit our website www.kylefp.com for important disclosures.